do I recognize the importance of my own trustworthiness and why it's so vital to me being my best as a leader? Do I recognize how to build that trustworthiness in those relationships? And do I recognize the opportunities that present themselves each day to make that investment? And ultimately, am I willing to do the work that, you know, in all honesty, is usually inconvenient or uncomfortable, but that I know has to be a part of my responsibility if I'm serious about leading my people as effectively as possible. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Champions 101 Culture and Leadership Podcast. My name is Travis Doherty. I'm your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Our goal here, as always, in today's conversation is to learn, to learn more about what great leadership looks like, what it requires from us, where it is we may be falling short in this important area of our lives, and how we can continue to grow and improve, to continue to become the best leaders and culture builders we can be with our teams at work, at home or wherever else our leadership is called for. The podcast is brought to you by Champions 101. Champions 101 is a sports performance and leadership development program designed to help coaches, athletes, and sports parents get the most out of their athletic experience. Like any 101 course, it's focused on the fundamentals, the basics of what becoming a champion requires. The truth is, champions aren't born, they're built. That's our belief at Champions 101, and I hope your belief too. If you're a coach or an athletic director who's interested in developing your leaders and strengthening the culture where you are, you can learn more at champions101.com. On today's episode, I want to take a few minutes to talk about one of the most fundamental and foundational elements of great leadership and of strong, healthy cultures. Today, I want to talk about trust, about building it with your teams, and about earning it with your people. Our leadership is built on a foundation of relationships, and our relationships are ultimately built on a foundation of trust. That's true of every relationship we have in life. Our strong relationships are built on a strong foundation of trust, and our weak Fragile or unhealthy relationships are probably built on a weak or fragile or unhealthy foundation of trust. And to be honest, a conversation about trust in any capacity for many of us, and and maybe even for you here today, can feel, you know, a little bit triggering almost. Um, many of us have been wounded by important people in our lives who've broken or betrayed our trust. And that's had a major influence on who we've become, on who we are and how we operate in relationship with others. I know there are are many people in the world who ascribe to a simple mantra, DTA, don't trust anyone, right? And here today, you might be one of those people. Um, not, Not only do many of us as leaders 
struggle with the idea of building and developing trust or choosing to trust others. Uh, you could, of course, say the same thing about those people you've been charged with leading to that, that many of them have some trust issues, just like many of us do, and that many of them are bringing those issues, their issues, into their experience with you. Our leadership is built on a foundation of relationships. And a lot of times those relationships are unhealthy, as we said already, because the foundation of those relationships, that trust is fragile and unsteady. Our best in leadership requires a strong foundation of trust. And that takes a lot from us. It takes, um, it takes some vulnerability and some courage and some trusting of our own, which can be really tough. I hope our conversation today gives you an opportunity to pull back the curtain a little bit on your own leadership style, uh, to take a closer look at the trust you're building with those on your team, and to consider how you might build a stronger foundation in this area moving forward. Now, it's important to start, I think, by clarifying that trust is a two-way street. And your people, if, you, if you're a coach here, your players need to build and develop their trustworthiness, just like you do. A trusting relationship can't be built if you're the only one committed to building it. You know, I always told my players as a coach, if you want a bigger role than the one you currently have, or if you want to play more, you know, especially at crunch time in those big moments when it really matters, man, I got to be able to trust you. As a coach, whether you verbalized it to your team or not, you've probably felt that way too. The best way for a player to earn a bigger role is to prove they can be trusted in the role they currently have. And conversely, the easiest way to remove yourself as a player from contention for a bigger role is to prove you can't be trusted in the role you currently have. So obviously, your player's willingness to earn your trust is very important. But today, I want to focus less on asking the question, you know, are my people or my players trustworthy? That is absolutely a question that's worth asking and worth your attention. And it's a question your players need to be asking themselves, too. That, that might be a conversation that you need to lead. Um, they also need to be asking themselves, am I willing to trust my coach? You know, and if the answer to either of those questions your players ask, am I trustworthy and am I willing to trust my coach? If the answer to either of those is no, then despite what you do, your relationship isn't going to be as strong as it could be or as strong as you need it to be in order to maximize your influence and really reach your potential together. What I'm saying is in the end, your players' trustworthiness and their willingness to trust you aren't up to you. Those are decisions they have to make. If they're willing to earn your trust and they're willing to trust you in return, great, of course. But if they aren't, if they're resistant or defiant to that trust building and trust earning process, then obviously that brings with it a number of challenges. Those challenges are worth thinking about and trying to solve. 
But that's not really what I want to focus on today. What I want to focus on today is more the responsibility that falls on you, that falls on me, that falls on each of us as coaches. I want us to focus less on asking, are my people or my players trustworthy? And focus more today on a different question. Specifically, as a leader, am I trustworthy? You know, do I recognize the importance of my own trustworthiness and why it's so vital to me being my best as a leader? Do I recognize how to build that trustworthiness in those relationships? And do I recognize the opportunities that present themselves each day to make that investment? And ultimately, am I willing to do the work that, you know, in all honesty, is usually inconvenient or uncomfortable, but that I know has to be a part of my responsibility if I'm serious about leading my people as effectively as possible? Those are the questions that we have to answer, right? Those are not questions our players have to answer. Those are questions we have to answer. And those are the questions that I really want us to consider in our conversation here today. So let's start with question number one. Why is building this trust so important? Well, we talked already about that foundation of trust, right? That really strengthens our relationships. But from a practical productivity standpoint, the truth is the stronger our relationship with our followers is, the more weight it can bear. And we need our relationship to be strong because in order to do our job as coaches most effectively, there's some heavy lifting that needs to be done. You know, the stronger our relationship is, the the more we can push our people and challenge them and coach them hard because they can trust our motives, right? They can trust why we're here and why we're on them so much. But the truth is, this is a new and I think in many ways, a more challenging generation of kids to coach and people to lead than ever before. Um, When I was a kid, I'm going to try to stay out of like back in the good old days mode here. But when I was a kid, I think I trusted my coach in all honesty, because they were the ones who held that position. You know, that title coach brought with it sort of this unwavering level of authority and respect that, um, you know, I think it may sound simple. I trusted my coach because they were the coach and that was pretty much that, but that's not really how it works anymore. Um, there's a level of empowerment that most kids have these days. Um, some of them, I think, you know, consciously, have that level of empowerment and some maybe just subconsciously have it. And, and don't get me wrong. In some ways, I think that empowerment can be a good thing. You know, there are benefits to questioning why we're doing what we're doing or uh, benefits from challenging authority and, you know, having that strong sense of self, but that can also create a sense of entitlement too. That's probably more prevalent in our athletes today than it used to be. Um, That entitlement has diminished the level of authority and respect, to be honest, that used to just sort of be standard in the player-coach relationship. 
And that's not to say those things, a sense of authority and respect don't still exist. I think they do for many kids, maybe for most kids even. But those things used to be more like a given, you know, an expectation. And now I think it's more like um, they come at a cost. They have to be earned. And you might even say that they have to be they, ha- they have to be bought these days. And trust, earning that trust is really the currency that's used in that buying process. Um, kids will still allow you to push them and challenge them and coach them hard. And, and God knows they need that from us. I think we would all agree that they need that. But without that trust having been deposited into that account, right, to take that currency analogy even further, without that investment we've made in building up and strengthening that trust account, we won't be able to effectively make those withdrawals that come with pushing them and challenging them and coaching them really hard, you know, telling them the truth, even if it's tough to hear, um, holding them accountable, making them earn something that they want us just, you know, to give them. All those things we're, we're responsible for as coaches and leaders, that's why building that trust is so important because we can't do a lot of the stuff that goes into our most important and most necessary work column if we haven't developed that trust first. Hey, now's a great time for me to take a quick break to tell you about Dr. Bish the best, the most user-friendly, and the most advanced shooting machines in the world. Dr. Dish machines are the most effective way to increase purposeful reps in your program. They provide custom training, real-time and detailed analysis, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. You can check out their selection at drdishbasketball.com and mention the Champions 101 Culture and Leadership Podcast for an exclusive discount on select models. Now, back to today's conversation. So, you know, I hope that helps establish that building that trust and and becoming someone who's trustworthy is really important for us as leaders. Now, let's turn our attention to how exactly that trust gets built and some of the specific behaviors that we can evaluate in our own leadership style that either promote that trust building or discourage it. So let's start with a really important reality that I think we all need to understand, which is that trust is something that can only be built over time. And it's something that's usually cultivated just as much in the small moments as it is in the big moments. Uh, I, I recently read and really enjoyed Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. Uh, It offers some great insight into that vulnerability and courage we talked about earlier that real leadership requires. And it would be a great read if this conversation here today about trust strikes a chord with you. I want want to read you a, a short passage from that book. She says in that book, There's a terrible pattern in organizations in which leaders turn to their teams or their investors or their board and say, you need to trust me. Typically, 
that happens in a moment of crisis when it's far too late, she says. Trust is the stacking of small moments over time, something that cannot be summoned with a command. Trust is the stacking of small moments over time. That's how Brene Brown describes it. That kind of speaks to that bank account analogy we talked about earlier, doesn't it? That, that we have to take the time to make those investments with our people so that in those moments of crisis, right? In those moments where we need to tell them the truth or coach them hard or push them outside their comfort zone, our account with them isn't sitting on empty. Um, Brene Brown goes on to say that, quote, trust is a living process that requires ongoing attention. And if you haven't made the investment, there's that word investment again. If you haven't made the investment and there's nothing substantial there, there's no way to duct tape it together. You cannot establish trust in two days when you find yourself in an organizational crisis. It's either already there or it's not. Again, that's from Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. I think that's a great first place for us to start on how exactly we build trust, right? We build it a little bit at a time consistently through our choices and our actions each and every day. Now, what does that consistency look like from us in terms of our behavior? I think first we become more trustworthy as leaders when we show up the same person every day, when our players can count on who it is we're going to be in their experience. You know, there has to be a constancy and a consistency with our attitude, with our behavior, and with our leadership that our people can count on when they walk through the door. Now, that is, of course, not always easy to do. Um, there, there are all kinds of circumstances we face. You know, sometimes related to our team and sometimes totally unrelated to our team that can challenge our attitude and our behavior and our leadership when we walk in the door. And some days it might be easy to give into those circumstances and to show up stressed out or angry or frustrated or depressed or whatever. But it is important to see that when we choose to do that, there's a price we pay. Our trustworthiness diminishes when we're moody or when our behavior or our attitude becomes erratic or irrational, when it's hard for our people to count on. Leaders who allow that to happen are hard for their followers to count on because they can never be sure, right, what it is that they're going to get when they walk in the door that day. Trust erodes when, you know, I was Dr. Jekyll yesterday, but I'm Mr. Hyde walking through the door today. So that's where it starts with consistency of behavior and attitude and interaction with us. We have to be reliable to our people. Another way we build that trust is through consistency in our communication. When we regularly, you know, do things like take the time to stop and really make an authentic human connection with one of our followers. 
we foster that trust building process. Uh, when we ask questions and then genuinely listen to the answers, genuinely listen to the answers. Uh, when we make a personal investment into the lives of our people beyond just talking about, you know, the work that we're together to do today. When we ask about someone's family or some personal challenge we know they're facing or some celebration in their lives, we're building that trust. We're making that investment. When we address conflict constructively, um, when we attack issues head on instead of, you know, taking the, the passive aggressive approach, when we tell the truth, even if it's uncomfortable or inconvenient instead of dancing around it or sugarcoating it. Uh, those decisions can be tough for us to make. And that type of communication can be tough for some of our kids to handle. But those decisions we make in our communication each and every day make us more trustworthy. And lastly, I would say we build that trust with our people when there is consistency in our standards of accountability. Um, that standard of accountability starts, of course, with us as the leaders. When we hold ourselves to a high standard and when we own our mistakes and when we admit when we've messed up, we build that trust with our people. That can be a really hard thing to do, of course, to own our mistakes. <laughs> it's easier for us a lot of times to blame our players or blame the referees or the parents or someone else, anyone else, instead of taking that responsibility on ourselves. But it's so important that we do that. We also have to create and maintain consistent standards of accountability for everyone else on the team. You know, another way we erode trust is when we create one set of rules for our best player and then a different set for everyone else, or when we treat people differently based on the role they play on the team. Now, these are some really important decisions that we make as the leaders, but again, they are decisions that we make every day. And over time, some of those decisions. I think can be easy for us to consider minor or unimportant or even for us to make uh, impulsively or without intention. But when you start adding those decisions up, you know, those decisions are really some of the key determiners in our trustworthiness, you know, who we choose to be and how we choose to communicate and the way we establish that accountability. Those things are so important. Over time, those daily decisions have a major impact on the relationships we build and ultimately on the culture we create. If we make good decisions and we, we do it right, we create a culture where everyone who's a part of the team is encouraged and empowered to do what trustworthy people do, to, to be authentic to be honest, and to be vulnerable and courageous enough to trust one another, and at the same time to continue to earn the trust of one another too. If we don't do it right, then we're the ones who are responsible for creating a culture of distrust. Ugh, I mean, a culture of distrust, that sounds bad, doesn't it? 
a culture of distrust is a culture where we avoid authenticity, right? Where we're discouraged from being honest and open and probably a culture where we promote stuff like, you know, lying to each other or gossiping about each other or looking out only for ourselves and generally engaging in behavior that doesn't bring out the best in us, either as performers or simply just as people. And that's the last part of this conversation on trust. I think that's worth mentioning that part about how a culture of trust elevates our performance and how it elevates the performance of our people. Uh, In Dare to Lead, that book Brene Brown wrote, she says, quote, trust is the glue that holds our teams and organizations together. She says, we ignore trust issues at the expense of our teams and our organization's success. We ignore trust issues at the expense of our teams and our organization's success. Ultimately, our job as leaders is to create an environment where people can perform to their full potential. And we have to be able to see that trust is a huge part of that. Not only the trust that exists between the leader and the followers, or between the coach and the players, or between the boss and the employees. I'm also talking about the trust that we help foster from follower to follower, from player to player, and from employee to employee. Teams who trust each other have a different level of connection that you can see and almost literally feel when you watch them perform together. On a basketball team, players who are you know, giving up their own good shot in order to get their teammate a great shot, right? Um, Players who are sacrificing their body to set a great screen to get their teammate open. Um, We're talking about players who are going full speed to execute the play that's been called, even though the play that's been called isn't for them. Why are teammates willing to do stuff like that for one another? They do it because They trust, right, that when the opportunity presents itself, their teammate will do the same for them. It's obvious when you watch a team that's built that culture of trust that they are playing for something bigger than themselves, and that shows in their level of performance. Teams that don't have that, you know, you can see that, and sometimes you can almost feel it to, you know, everybody's out to get theirs, right? I don't want to pass it to those guys, even though they're open, because I know from experience that they won't pass it to me when I'm open. Um, I'm not going to lay my body on the line for the team because I know nobody else is either. Or, you know, I don't go hard when the play isn't called for me because, you know, screw everybody else. Um, shoo, though, I mean, those teams are hard to like, and they're hard to cheer for, and they're really hard to lead. So a couple of questions as, as we wrap it up here today that I think are worth considering for you and your team. Uh, first, in all honesty, what level of trust have you established with those you're leading? 
You know, if you were to give yourself a ranking from one being, you know, the, the leader of a culture of complete distrust to 10 being the leader of a culture of really strong trust, what ranking would you give it? Um, next, how can you continue to earn the trust of those you're leading? And what changes might you need to make in order to do that more effectively? As we said at the beginning of our conversation, your players choosing to trust you ultimately is outside your control. But I do hope our time here together has clarified today that who you choose to be and what you choose to be about has a huge influence on the choice your players end up making. So what conversations might be worth having or Again, what changes might be worth making to further promote a culture of trust, not only between you and your players, but between them as well? How might you be able to show your players that you've chosen to trust them a little more than maybe you have in the past? You know, that's so important, but it's also really difficult. That takes some of that vulnerability and some of that courage we talked about er earlier from you as a coach. Um, in Charles Feltman's book, The Thin Book of Trust, he defines trust as, quote, choosing to risk making something you value vulnerable to another person's actions. I think that's a great way to describe what it feels like as a coach to hand over a little more control to your players, right? This team, this program is something that you really value. And it can be really hard to risk making it vulnerable to another person's actions, making it vulnerable to your players' actions. But remember, trust is a two-way street. We can't realistically expect to receive it from our players if we aren't willing to give it at least a little bit from ourselves. So I'd ask you to consider what choosing to show your people you trust them a little bit more than you have in the past might look like, and then to muster up the courage to try and do it. Those are all worthy questions to ask and to answer. Not only will they make you a more effective leader, but I'm, I'm confident they'll raise the level of connection and the level of performance of your team too. And that's work that's well worth the effort. Thanks for taking the time to listen into this episode of the Champions 101 Culture and Leadership Podcast. I hope you were challenged and encouraged by this conversation. And wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you make today a great day. I hope you'll lead with courage and conviction, and I hope you'll keep doing what champions do.